It's important to remember that our mind and body are both incredibly powerful, but they don't always sync up at the same pace. There is a time to use our mental strength, our grit, our tenacity, perseverance, whatever you want to call it. There is a time and a place for that. But the time to grind through the training is not in the early stages. Yes, challenge yourself, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Welcome to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle, where we invite you to dare to dream and embrace adventure. I'm your host, Kim Peek, and together with my friends, we'll help you discover new horizons and push the limits of what's possible. In season one, I'm gearing up for my biggest challenge yet, the MR340, a grueling 340-mile paddle race along the Missouri River. But before I embark on this epic journey, I'm going to need to learn everything about the world of paddling. Learn along with me so you can find your own epic adventure on the water. Welcome back to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle. One of my main strategies as a new paddler who will tackle the MR340, a 340-mile kayak race across the state of Missouri, is to get into the water as much as possible. As a former running coach, I know that you can't go from the couch to running a marathon immediately. If you jump from being sedentary to suddenly trying to run six miles, let alone the full 26.2 marathon distance, in a month's time, you will get hurt. And kayaking is no different. It's crucial to set realistic goals that will take into account your current fitness level and experience on the water. Setting unattainable goals can lead to frustration and burnout, while setting achievable goals can help you build confidence and stay motivated. And so that is what I am aiming to do. I just want to set challenging goals so that I can get out there, dress my muscles, let them recover, and continue to build on that so that I can do that full distance. And one of the coolest things that I've noticed about my own training so far is how I can swing from feeling incredibly defeated and frustrated to super proud of my accomplishments in a matter of hours. And sometimes I go from both spectrums over and over again throughout the same day. I was telling my paddling partner last night that I just wish that I could go out one time and just have everything be easy. I feel like everything is this huge learning curve. And again, it wouldn't have to be that way if I hadn't set this huge goal of doing the MR340 in basically two months from now. So don't let anything that I'm saying stress you out or discourage you from doing this. It's because I set an unrealistic, probably, time expectation, and I'm going to challenge myself and see how far I can go with that. But I think that this whole idea of recognizing that you can go from frustrated to feeling on top of the world is an important thing to take note of and to remember. Anything that you want to get better at requires learning new skills. And there's a huge sense of satisfaction that comes from working through a problem and learning a new skill. Last weekend, I decided to put my kayak into my pool to practice self-rescue. And while I don't plan to ever need that skill, I think there is value in learning how to pull myself back into my boat on the water unassisted. I can't think of a situation where I'd need to rescue myself. Usually I would be able to pull 
my boat or swim my boat back to shore, or I would have a buddy to stabilize the boat so that I can climb in. But at any rate, I decided that this was a skill I wanted to learn how to do and that I personally felt was a necessary skill just for peace of mind. So I decided to learn how to rescue myself. So there's a lot of videos out there with step-by-step tutorials teaching a variety of ways to self-rescue. Over the course of two hours, I tried a ton of those methods, and I could not do the majority of them. And I was, of course, as I mentioned, getting very, very frustrated. And I'm not sure if the one I landed on is one that is an existing method or one that I just made up. But I finally landed on one that worked just by struggling repeatedly. And I have a lot of muscle weaknesses since I had breast cancer and a mastectomy almost eight years ago. And so I should have known that the way that I compensate for weak muscles when I get in and out of bed might be similar to how I roll myself back into my kayak. So what I did was I used my paddle float. You can get a paddle float on Amazon or at your local paddling store, REI. You can order them online. And you slide your paddle float over the end of your paddle and you inflate it. You blow on it on both ends. And then you put, I put the paddle across the back of the cockpit and slid one end of the paddle underneath my deck elastic deck ties. And so then I put that paddle behind my back and put my elbows on the paddle like I was trying to rest my elbows on the side of the pool while still being able to watch all the action. So like if you're leaning against the back of the pool with your elbows up, watching everything going on in the pool. So then I'm on my boat like that. I kick my feet up into the cockpit and I slid them really deep inside the kayak. And then I use my arms to stabilize myself on that paddle that has the paddle float on it as I rolled in the direction I wanted the kayak to go so that it would flatten out. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but that is what I did. That is what worked. And at the end of my two-hour practice, I was able to do it every single time. And so I went from being like, oh my gosh, my just the noise in my head. I wanted to give up. I felt like a weakling. I started telling myself all of these horrible things and it just spiraled. I was thinking things like, how could I ever do the MR340 if I'm not even strong enough to do this? But I stuck with it and I figured it out. And then I felt super cool and accomplished. And I reminded myself that it's just one of the many things I needed to learn. And I did it. And these little things, I feel like that's how you build confidence over time. There are some things you just can't rush. No one goes from being a newbie to an expert immediately. It's important to remind ourselves that this is part of the process. It's not the finish line that counts. I mean, yes, the finish line is a fantastic part. But if that's all that we were after, that five seconds at the end of a race where you feel elated, you feel so proud of yourself, it probably wouldn't be worth the effort for that five second blip. It's the journey that matters. It's all the tiny things that get you from point A to point Z. It's also the friendships and the skills you build and just everything that it does to make, to build your self-confidence and get outside and all the pleasure, all the great times in nature 
that all those things add up. That to me is what it's about. Yes, the finish line is important, but all of those little things along the way take up so much more time. And so that's where you should be placing, in my opinion, your priorities. So back to the main point of this episode, patience and a gradual build while training. So when it comes to training for an an endurance event like the MR340, it's important to remember that our mind and body are both incredibly powerful, but they don't always sync up at the same pace. There is a time to use our mental strength, our grit, our tenacity, perseverance, whatever you want to call it. There is a time and a place for that. But the time to grind through the training is not in the early stages. Yes, challenge yourself, push yourself out of your comfort zone. But remember that our minds might be eager to push our bodies to the limit, but it's important to also listen to what our bodies are telling us. In the early stages of training, our ligaments, joints, and tendons need time to adapt to the demands we're placing on them. All of your connective tissues have less blood flow than your muscles, which means that if you injure them, it is going to take a lot longer for it to heal. So you want to really be careful that you are using the right muscle groups, that you have a gradual build, and that you're listening to your body. If you feel that you're starting to get strain in a shoulder joint or in your wrist, that's going to take a long time to heal. So pause, think about what's going on, Work with the coach on your form and really focus on what's going on so that you don't hurt a part of your body that's going to take a long time to heal. Now, that is completely different from muscles because muscles, that's how you build muscle. You break them down, you rest, give it time to repair, and then you do it all over again. That's how you build muscle. So if we try to grind through training too quickly, we risk injuring these vital tissues and that could set ourselves back in our training. So. It's important to remember to take a gradual approach, building up slowly over time with a combination of endurance training, strength training, and rest days. I know athletes hate rest days. This is a topic for another podcast, but I know athletes hate rest days. You think you're wimping out. There's all kinds of reasons why you think rest is bad. Rest is a day on the training block. Rest does have a purpose, and that is to give your body time to recover so you can go out, tear your body down, and rebuild. That is where the rebuild happens. If you've ever had sore muscles after a workout, you know that in a few days' time, your body starts to feel better. But if you've ever injured a ligament or a tendon, you know it's not an injury that you bounce back from. And so this is why, just another reason why, It's important to allow your body time to adapt and to become stronger. You'll reduce the risk of injury and increase the chance that you'll actually make it to race day. Wouldn't that suck to do all this training and then do something that prevents you from even getting to the start? I always feel like if you get to the start of whatever kind of endurance event, if you get to the start line and cross the start, you have won. So I think perspective is another thing to keep in mind when you're training for something like this. And so this is why my strategy involves getting in the water frequently. With a slow buildup and time spent on the water, I want to give my body time to adapt and strengthen so I can reduce the risk of my injuries. And another piece of this is form. I'll compare this to running too. 
If your form is off and you only run one to three miles each time you're out, it might take you a while to notice if you have muscle imbalances. But as your mileage climbs and you're running 10, 12, 16, 20 miles at a time, the repetitive nature of the activity starts to show your weaknesses. Your weak core might show up as hip pain. Your weak glutes might show up as a leg that swings out to the side, which means there's more torque on your knee as your foot plants in front of you. So maybe you have knee pain. Everything is tied together. And the more muscle weaknesses you have, your weak spots will show up as you increase your training volume. So to avoid these kinds of issues, pay attention to form from the very beginning. This means maintaining good posture, engaging the core muscles, and using proper paddling technique. Good paddling technique does not come from the shoulder. It comes from the rotation of your body. And it was explained to me that you want to rotate your body And it's like you're trying to point your belly button to one side with each stroke. From side to side, belly button goes from one side to the next. Remember that paddling technique is based on the core, not on the shoulders, strength of your shoulders. So you want to know these things. And if you don't know what good paddling technique looks like, I would suggest working with a coach or an experienced kayaker to help you identify areas that you can improve your form and develop good habits early on. You can watch, sure, there's tons of videos that you can watch, and that is a fantastic starting point. But if you have the ability or the opportunity, I would suggest also working with somebody who can watch your form or video, take a video of your form so you could go back and see what you're actually doing. Because sometimes what we think we're doing is not what are doing. What it looks like is different from what it feels like. So I went out on the river with a group last weekend from my first 10-mile paddle. And when I got home, I could hardly lift my arms. And I barely slept because my arms were in so much pain. I had to sleep on my back with my arms stretched out in a T-shape because it just hurt to be any other way. Right there, that is a sign of poor form. Because like I said, Good paddling form uses the core. Now, I know that the distance has exposed another one of my weaknesses. And so I have a lesson with a paddling coach coming up next week. And while I wait, I'll have more experienced paddlers look at my form and I'll watch some of the videos that I can find online. As a side note, though, I did go out last night and I did another 10 mile workout and did not have that problem. So hopefully I'm starting to fix those issues that I have with my form. Now, will I be ready for the MR340 by August 1st? Only time will tell. But in the meantime, I'm getting out on the water. I'm learning a ton. I'm enjoying time with my new friends. And I'm challenging myself. And to me, that is the best of all possible worlds. Yes, making it to the finish line of the race would be the ideal situation. But every part of the journey, I am making a point to notice and enjoy because this is an amazing experience. And I'm sure a year from now, I'll have a whole different perspective that I'll be sharing with you. But that is all for today. Wherever life takes you this summer, make it an epic adventure. And until next time, get out there and push your limit. There will never be a better time than now to 
discover what you're truly capable of. So go ahead, take that first step, even if it feels scary. Do it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Palo Sports Lifestyle. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. See you on the water.